Well, hello, and welcome to the Christmas Variety Show. I'm Nate Mancini. I'm one of the founders of Forefront Festival, and we're so excited to be partnering with Browncroft Church and the Why God Why podcast for the second year in a row. And we're so grateful to all of you for coming out to this combined podcast recording and live event. But to, to focus our attention this morning, I wanted to start with a scripture reading, and it's from Luke 1, starting in verse 46. <clears throat> And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from, from now on all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He's brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He's filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. So, Our theme for this evening is why Christmas gives us peace. And of course, Christmas does give us peace because Christ brought us peace with God. But not everything is peaceful because as Mary said, he scattered the proud. He brought down the mighty from their thrones. So he's the prince of peace, yes, but he's also this mighty judge, this conquering king. How do we understand a God like that? How do we understand a virgin giving birth to a child? How do we understand God becoming man? I mean, the Christmas story is full of these mysteries and paradoxes. So what do we do? Well, if we look at the context of of this passage, what it is, what does Mary do when she is confronted with the mystery of the Incarnation? She sings. Art, whether it's visual art or whether it's music and poetry and song, like we'll get to experience tonight, helps us to express the inexpressible. When we encounter a mystery, including a mystery of faith, we can respond with art. And that's what Forefront is all about. So we have some uh, incredible artists that are sharing with us tonight, and I'm so excited for that. The first one is Jerome Bell. He's the director of ministry at Parenton Presbyterian Church, while also working towards a PhD in music theory from the Eastman School of Music. While Jerome has experience with many instruments, he enjoys writing and playing jazz-inspired renditions of classic hymns on the piano. So please welcome Jerome Bell.
you know, what a way to start a Christmas concert than with jazz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, just to let you all know, my name is Peter Englert. I'm one of the hosts of Why God Why. And uh, for a few of our artists, we're actually going to uh, interview them. And the format is going to be very much the same. So, Jerome, why do you think Christmas gives us peace? Yeah, one of the things that uh, I think about, especially in a world and a society where it's really easy to think about how we're different and it's really easy to think about how we're divided. And one of the things that I love about Christmas tunes, especially Christmas hymns, is it's sort of an equalizer that brings us all together. Um, most of us know, uh, especially the last two tunes that I played, Silent Night and Oh Holy Night, even though we may all come from different backgrounds. And so uh, w one of the reasons why I'm reminded of, of the peace that we have is, is that sort of uh, togetherness that we can feel uh, when listening or playing uh, these, these Christmas tunes that we all love and enjoy. So one of the questions I had you actually brought up <clears throat> was, you know, when you played Silent Night, that was, uh, you contextualized it for jazz. Why do you think it's so important for us to maybe move out of the way that we've listened to some of these old carol carols to let them really speak to us in a new way? Yeah, I, I, I think one thing I like about jazz is that it can uh, give a little bit of flexibility uh, for us to uh, express uh, our own uh, feelings and passions. And uh, one of the things that I like uh, that I can do with sort of uh, more jazzy harmonies is uh, kind of uh, express how that tune and that song speaks to me. Um, and it's great because I can uh, do um, some different things, but we all still know the tune, so it's still familiar, but it kind of brings it uh, sort of like a new life where it makes it a little bit more uh, lively, uh, especially in some of the more jazzier parts of it. Mm -hmm. So during this Christmas season, you, you were talking about Christmas giving us peace, and ultimately the gospel brings us together. And, you know, for many of our listeners, they might be doubting, they might even be deconstructing, you know, they might be in a season where they wonder about the church. And, you know, during this time, there seems to be more openness. Why do you think that is with Christmas? Yeah, I think uh, part of it is it reminds us maybe of our childhood, uh, and, you know, music has a power especially to uh, create memories in, in ways that a tune can kind of bring us back to a time that we maybe first heard it. And so I think these tunes can sort of, uh, or, you know, Christmas, uh, you know, gospel-centered uh, music um, kind of grounds us in a way and kind of brings us back to a place where maybe we were a little bit more grounded um, in, in a sense, in our faith and in the scriptures. And um, it kind of uh, contextualizes and, and puts us in a space to remember why we believe what we believe, and ultimately that is Jesus. Uh, and, you know, the, the music, uh, especially carols, uh, points us to that and reminds us of that. So I think it serves as a reminder, and I think it kind of... Uh, people are more open because it, it brings them back to maybe a time where uh, uh, things were a little bit more simpler or, you know, if, if you're a child, but yeah. 
No, that makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm going to ask you one last question, and I told you I might go off the cuff. So if there was one Bible passage for the Christmas story, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and if you could pick any of them to be written to jazz music, which scene would you pick? Oh, man. I I think I uh, might pick the scene where... Uh, the angels are coming to the shepherds and uh, sort of uh, announcing that Jesus is coming. As it's uh, uh, quite an exciting time. Uh, might have taken them off guard <laughs> uh, when they first appeared. And I, I think that would be uh, very fun to kind of uh, add a, a jazzy bend to it because um, it, it can be uh, celebratory. And um, so, yeah. So you obviously have thought about that because you answered like right away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, one another one of my favorite Christmas tunes uh, is, is "Angels We Have Heard It High," um, and I've been thinking of uh, kind of making a, a jazzy arrangement of it. Um, still in the works, but yeah. Oh, well, so so that means we got to find a time to hear it again and record it to to show everybody, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe, maybe someday. <laughs> Christmas 2023, there we yes, go. Yes, yes, so. you heard them. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, uh, Jerome, thank you so much for being with us. I'm going to take a moment to introduce our next guest. Uh, her name is Sarah Collins. She's a copywriter, poet, and a published author whose work uh, explores a variety of themes combining the punch of advertising copy uh, with the soulful depth of poetry and her debut collection, which is called The Recovery from Unusual Attitudes. It unpacks her journey um, with her mental health recovery and also her radical conversion to Christianity. Um, I would be remiss to say she's married to her husband, Ed, and then she has two bunnies. Uh, their names are Birdie and Buddy. Let's welcome Sarah Collins up. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much. Who wrote that, by the way? I'm just curious. No, it was me. Um, <laughs> I'd like to open with a quick story to preface the three pieces that I'll be reading for you tonight. So about eight years ago, this was BC, before COVID and before I came to Christ, um, I was having a panic attack in the parking lot of Ulta in Henrietta. And it was like a real panic attack. I actually have anxiety disorder. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm going to take out my phone and post this on TikTok and let everyone know. Um, this was before TikTok anyway. So <laughs> I, I couldn't breathe. I was just so weighted down by how much I had just spent, why I felt obligated to get so many gifts for so many people, and what am I even doing? I'm not even a Christian. Why am I celebrating Christmas? Why do I feel so obligated? Why is this mandatory? What's the meaning behind this? And it was funny because that Christmas, my husband and I went all out. We got a real tree. And it was the first time I had a real tree because I found out that I'm allergic to trees. And now I know why my parents always had a, a fancy plastic tree. And with all, you know, the house was so full of decorations and lights and this beautiful tree, and we had so many gifts for family and friends, and I felt so hollow and numb. And in writing these pieces, um, I realized, you know, actually it's true. There is no Christmas without Christ. And this year I have so much peace because I feel closest to him. Um, especially this year, with family, with friends, with just everything we've gone through collectively the past couple years, 
as a country, as people individually. And so, yeah, that's the mindset that I had when I wrote these three pieces that um, I'll share with you. So this first piece is inspired by Luke 10, um, the story of Mary and Martha. As you know, Jesus is being um, entertained and served in the home of Martha. And I'm a lot like her. You know, if, if Jesus was at my house, I would be far more concerned with the hummus and whatever I was serving than actually listening to Jesus. I would be a little neurotic, um, and I really wouldn't be that focused on what he was saying. I have to admit that. So I really resonated with that story, and that was the inspiration for this piece. And all the pieces collectively kind of have the same story arc of finding calm in the chaos of Christmas. So this is Peace Be With You. It's that time of year again, the most wonderful time. Yes, we wonder, and we wrestle with worry. Steals and deals and bargain buys. Take up to 50% off, buy one, get one, act now, pay later. Save big, sign here. Oh, and the calendar chaos. Holiday happy hours that go on for days. Parties, dinners, and meet and greets. Cooking, cleaning, and serving, rinsing, and repeating. And with all the giving and gathering, I know something's gotta give. What's it all for? I mean, who's it all for? Lord, don't you care that they've left me alone to serve, to worry, to be too busy to breathe, too distracted to receive your grace? Tell them to help me as I trade my tasks for your truths. During the most wonderful time of year, I'm often at my worst. Martha, Martha, you said. Sarah, Sarah, I heard. Lord, how long have you been in my home and not my heart? Why am I not at your feet? How did I miss the point? Your peace never left. I'm the one who drifts. Of course, the Prince of Peace, Christ the King, cares more than I dare to imagine. He's okay with the peace of takeout over the fret and fuss of a homemade feast, the peace of a home that invites cheer over the fear of making a mess, the peace of quiet moments when the noise of our notifications numbs our attention. This Christmas is different because I intend to have a merry one. I'm choosing the good portion, the one that can't be taken away. Will you join me at the Lord's feet with Mary the sister? This next piece is titled, Seek the King's Calm. When all the hurry of the holidays feels hollow, as if grasping for the wind or your breath, when another headline weighs on your heart, leaving you heavy and hopeless, when family and friends fall out and the empty seat is filled with a sense of loss, when the giving and gifting is racked with guilt because the bank isn't the only thing broken, when the loneliness leaves you longing, when the decorating becomes a disaster, when the roast becomes a burnt, when you're still on during your time off, seek Christ, seek your king. You've heard it before, but maybe I need to hear it again. There's no meaning without the maker. There's Christmas without Christ is nothing because Christ is the reason for the season, the reason for peace with God, the reason we can behold his power and trust in his promises. Let's feast on his word not our failures or fear. Seek the king in a manger. Seek the king on the cross. Because this Christmas and every day, 
It's a day to seek the king's calm and be carried by it. It's going to be all right. We're going to be all right. Last but not least, the season of salt and light. We can't begin to understand it all. After all, his name is too wonderful to understand. But what I don't understand of the Lord's goodness and grace, I can taste and see. I can taste it in my mother's rum cake, sweet and bold, the flavor of the Caribbean and the heart of the Finger Lakes. I can see it in the glimmer of my husband's eyes when he makes me laugh until I snort or cry or both. <laughs> I can taste it in the salt of my tears that flow in silent prayer as the Holy Spirit intercedes. I can see it in the lights, the candles, the evergreen, and the gleaming gold. I can taste it in the bread and see it in the crimson wine. It's the king's season. Christ has come. So come and behold him. Thank you, everyone. Welcome to the podcast table, Sarah. Thanks for having me. I know. So <laughs> uh, just like I did with Jerome, I'm going to do with you. Why do you think Christmas gives you peace? Hmm. One, because Christ. Duh, that's why we're here. Um, but I also think all of the feasting and the gathering with friends and the recipes and just everything that we delight in this time of year is just a shadow of things to come mm. in eternity. So we get these glimpses, these sparks of our future with Christ. And I, I think that's just a wonderful thing. And I think that's why regardless of um, what your background is, there's just something about Christmas for everyone. So <clears throat> I want to kind of go back to you shared about um, having just a mental health, um, I'm trying to incident, incident, <laughs> breakdown, <laughs> breakdown. Yeah. So, um, I usually let people label it. So what, <laughs> what was it about that moment that pushed you towards Jesus? Or can you see now that Jesus was there with you and you just realized it then? Yeah, in hindsight, it's always 2020. Um, that moment was one of many moments that eventually led me literally on my knees to just cry out to God and, and say, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I don't want religion. I don't want ritual. I want a relationship with you. And I think in that moment, I was just overwhelmed because I was trying to create meaning myself. And it felt so silly and hollow, and it just fell flat. And I realize, again, in hindsight, that Christ is glorious, and everything I try to create is just falls so short of that. So, hmm. yeah. So you have this unique ju juxtaposition. So you're a copywriter, yes. which you're <laughs> writing for clarity to help people understand. There's mm -hmm. the marketing Yet there's this artistic side of you mm -hmm. that's trying, that's spiritual, and both are spiritual, we mm -hmm. believe that, but that, that probably wants to break the rules. So how do you kind of manage that juxtaposition? Well, I like to say because 
I'm a failed graphic designer and I've never taken a writing class. I'm just putting that out there. I really don't know better, so I just kind of go with it. And um, I think by not trying to put myself in one box, that really helps me both professionally as a copywriter and outside of that as a creative writer. Um, there's things that I take from copywriting, like you said, the clarity, the punch, the simplicity of it, and that can really um, season the work that I do as a creative writer. So um, I love it when my clients say, oh, wow, this is really poetic. This is a really poetic headline. I'm like, I know, isn't it great? <laughs> I snuck that in there. So yeah, I just try to blend the two. I, I want to go back to your first um, your first piece that you read to us because there's this rhythm of the 50% buy one, get one free. And um, what's it like to create content? Because this question, why does Christmas give us peace? I don't think any of us here or listening or watching live, none of us, whether we believe in Jesus or not, like don't want peace. But... Like we live in a world that's get the 50% off, wake up at 6 a.m. or wait till Amazon puts it on. You know, it's not as much about shopping anymore. Mm -hmm. So like talk about that as you're trying to put the mundane, the the worrisome in with the spiritual and the internal. Ooh, that's a hard question. Um, I like to say that I find glory in the ordinary. Um, so even in the just seemingly simple everyday task that I have to do, whether it's at work or outside of that, um, I love that God gives meaning to everything. And when I was in the throes of depression, that's despair, that's hopelessness. So why do I want to get out of bed today? Why do I want to do anything? What do I, why do I even want to go to work? What does it even mean? Um, but in Christ, we have the opportunity to give everything meaning. So even if it's a headline for a company and they need a strong CTA to get their audience to mm. act now or something like that, that um, there's meaning in that. So that's the way I kind of bring the two together. Let's, uh, let's close with this question. Um, I'm sure that many in our live audience and even watching online um, – there's people that are walking through anxiety and depression. What were some things that were helpful for you in the Christmas season that maybe uh, shifted your focus or little practices that helped you? Mm, that's a great question. Um, simplicity is one thing. Um, do you have to fill your calendar that much? Do you have to go to everything? Um, setting a budget. I know that can be a dirty word, but I love it. <laughs> but just <laughs> having some guidelines and restraints. And for me, bookending my day with prayer and devotion, um, I feel like in those moments that I'm praying, I'm stepping into eternity for even just a minute or two, and I can just put everything else aside. So um, I guess that could be called mindfulness. Mm. So having some guardrails, establishing some healthy boundaries, um, really identifying the things that you really have to do and the things that you feel like you're obligated to do and just spending some time with yourself or with someone that you can trust and be accountable with and identifying those things. And that has been a game changer. So. One last question. You is just it about got me the going. bunnies? Is it about no. Is it about the bunnies? <laughs> no. no. It, sh it should be about the bunnies. I mean, birdies are great names. So uh, know, there you go. So sweet. <laughs> um, 
so when you think of your journey that you've been on from, you know, just overcoming some mental health challenges mm -hmm. to coming to know Jesus, what part of the Christmas story in the gospel speaks to you the most? Oh, that's a great question. Hmm. I think it's that the darkest time of year, one of the darkest points in human history, I mean, there was a lot going on when Jesus came into the world. It wasn't, um, humanly speaking, a great time, but it was the perfect time. And again, it's, it goes back to having that meaning that beyond what I can see, I can trust God's vision for how things are unfolding. Mm. So it's always turning away from the chaos and looking to the cross, that this was a real event that actually happened. And all of human history rests on that. So it just helps me to center my feelings and refocus my thoughts on something I can really just sink my teeth into and instead of the smattering of chaos and feelings that I'm going through. So it's always turning to that truth. So I just think about the king coming in a manger and ultimately ending up on a cross and rising again and it just brings peace to my heart when I think of that. And like a great poet, you shared the gospel in like three sentences. So <laughs> A great copywriter. There you oh, yeah. go. Bye now. So, no. Love it. Can we give Sarah Collins one more hand? Thank you. <laughs> I have the pleasure of introducing briefly the Houghton Choir led by Dr. Kevin Dibble. Now, Kevin's going to give a bit more of an introduction for the choir in a little bit, but suffice to say, uh, they performed all across the world. Uh, for more than 80 years, this choir has upheld the sacred a cappella tradition of its origins while flexibly embracing a diversity of choral styles. And Dr. Kevin Dibble uh, serves as the director of choral activities and assistant professor of music at the Great Batch School of Music, Houghton University. At Houghton, Dibble provides oversight to the undergraduate and graduate choral program, directs all campus choirs, and teaches conducting and music history. He's worked with singers and instrumentalists throughout the United States. Dibble will make his Carnegie Hall debut in the coming academic year. So please welcome Dr. Dibble and the Houghton University Choir. So one of our favorite things about Christmas uh, is the reminder that this is not uh, us performing for you, but us worshiping and reflecting with you. So I've asked the uh, tech booth if they would throw some lyrics up for us, and throughout the evening we're going to invite you uh, to stand and sing with us, which I'm sure you're all very excited about. Uh, but we're going to actually start with uh, a song together uh, so would you please stand and join? I'm not sure where the lyrics will appear, but I trust that somewhere... Oh, ooh, almost. They're not sure. Would you stand and join us, please, as we sing, O Come, All Ye Faithful. Yeah. 
first piece is by living composer Stanford Scriven. Uh, it's a setting of the text, Christ the Apple Tree. Thank you. 
Our next piece is by uh, a 20th century and into the 21st century composer who is based in Florida named Robert Heath. And this is the first movement of his Magnificat. As this is a variety show, you're going to hear a variety of uh, ensemble types this evening and a little bit of variety in style. Our next piece is a setting of the traditional Bosque carol, The Angel Gabriel from Heaven Came, uh, and it speaks to the moment in, in the biblical narrative when Gabriel comes to Mary, informs Mary of what is about to happen, the realities of the situation, and Mary's response is to me be as it pleaseth God. So we have a quartet of composition majors, music industry and tech majors, vocal performance major, and a conducting major uh, for you to enjoy this evening.
Our next piece will require some audience participation, but I will not make you stand this time. Uh, I don't believe the lyrics will be on the screen for this one. We're going to sing a piece called Night of Silence, and at the end, you will see me turn around and do a $10,000 move that looks something like this. <laughs> uh, which will be your cue to join us as we sing the melody and first verse of Silent Night twice. We'll repeat the first verse. Uh, and the choir will also sing a different text on top of it. So this is a night of silence. Yeah. 
As of roughly two weeks ago, we started a chamber choir at Houghton. So about half of the Houghton choir is going to make their way off the stage, while the other half stays as our chamber choir. And we're going to sing, uh, again, as it's a variety show, a little bit different music, some similar, uh, and some that is nothing like what we just sang. So we hope you enjoy. We'll start with uh, one that you probably will recognize. One of the things we've been reflecting on this year is our home in Christ, finding our home in Christ. So this next piece is not in, uh, necessarily a sacred Christmas piece, uh, but the text is, there's no place like home 
for the holidays. And we have been uh, reflecting this year on the fact that when we sing about home, we find that home in Christ. So this is uh, a portion of a setting of there's no place like home for the holidays. Our next piece is Before the Marvel of This Night by Carl Schalk. of heavenly 
teasing taste of what they miss. Sing bliss, sing bliss, sing endless bliss. Sing bliss, sing endless bliss. The love that we have always We're going to invite you, uh, request, require, uh, invite you to stand uh, and sing with us once again, Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
Thanks for listening to Act One of the Christmas Variety Show. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app, because Act Two is coming next week. Until then, keep pursuing authentic faith and excellent art.